Today is December 4th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in and welcome back. Thank you so much for being here to start your week off right with me. As we get ready to flow into this word, let's just lift our attention above the busyness, above whatever distractions, situations, or experiences we had right before we arrived here, and tune in to the spiritual wisdom that is waiting for us. God's word is here to meet us right where we are. It offers us truth on how to walk in love and confidence confidence and favor and integrity. And I say favor because his word is what gives us our edge in life. Those of us who spend time here, we are constantly being pointed toward purpose and meaning. We have all sorts of practical examples and lessons to order our steps. No matter what we're up against, no matter what comes our way, shame on us if we don't put what we are learning into practice. And you know what? No, not shame on us. I am deep commissioning that language. I am banishing this phrase from my lexicon, this shame terminology, because shame almost tore me up this year, y'all. Shame is what corrodes our sense of self. It dims our light and it tethers us to the past. I was talking with my sister Tish a few nights ago about shame and the way it just completely distorts our perception of what the truth really is. It's what causes us to hide. As she reminded me of Adam and Eve in the garden, they alienated themselves from God when it was God who wanted to cover and protect them from shame. God made the first sacrifice for Adam and Eve when he provided the animal skins for them to cover themselves. God loves us. He wants us to be free from shame. Shame is a lie. And it says that we are not enough. It's it's a lie from the enemy that tells us we aren't worthy of love. We aren't worthy of acceptance or belonging, that we are somehow broken or unworthy because of who we are, what we've done, or what has happened in our lives, or maybe what we haven't done. Shame is not from God. God sees us as his beloved children, forgiven and purposed for more. And my prayer is that if you're struggling with this, if you have struggled with it, if it's a recurring struggle for you, that today's readings, especially when we get to 1 John and it talks about the power of love, that it frees you from the grip of shame and ignites the truth of who and whose you are in Christ, valued, empowered, and called. When we open our hearts and our eyes to see ourselves, how God sees us, total game changer. Our lives are never the same together in our readings today. We're going to glean insights from Daniel on standing strong when life gets hard. We'll be inspired by John to walk in the kind of love that breaks barriers. The Psalms are going to teach us how to exchange our burdens for peace by relying on God and God alone. And then Proverbs cause us to lead with integrity so our communities, our families, our relationships flourish. Are y'all ready to dig in and discover what God has for us today? Let's do this. We are poised today for transformation. The supply for what we need is right here. Whatever that is, our job is simply to open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be sensitive to the leading of God's voice. Let's get going, growing, and flowing in these verses. Daniel chapter 11 verse 36 through chapter 12 verse 13 tree of life version an ungodly king exalts himself 
So the king will do as he pleases, exalting and magnifying himself above every god. He will even speak outrageous things against the god of gods. He will prosper until the time of wrath is completed, for what has been decided will be done. He will show no regard for the gods of his fathers or the one desired by women, nor will he show regard for any god, but will exalt himself above all. Instead of these, he will honor a god of fortresses, a god his fathers did not acknowledge. He will honor with gold, silver, precious stones, and costly things. He will attack strong fortresses with the help of a foreign god and will greatly honor those who acknowledge him. He will give them authority over many and will parcel out land for a price. Now at the time of the end, the king of the south will attack him, and the king of the north will storm out against him with chariots, horsemen, and many ships. He will invade lands and pass through them like an overflowing river. He will also invade the beautiful land. Many will be overthrown, but these will escape from his hand. Edom, Moab, and the chief of the sons of Ammon. He will extend his hand against other countries. The land of Egypt will not escape. He will gain control over the hidden treasures of gold and silver, as well as all of the riches of Egypt. The Libyans and the Cushites will also be under his feet. But reports from the east and north will alarm him, and he will set out in a great rage to destroy and annihilate many. He will pitch his royal tents between the seas and the beautiful holy mountains. Yet he will meet his doom with no one to help him. Resurrection and Judgment At that time Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has never occurred since the beginning of the nation until then. But at that time your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse, and those who turn many to righteousness will be like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will run back and forth, and knowledge will increase. The final outcome. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood there, one on this bank of the river and the one on the other bank of the river. One said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long until the end of the wondrous things? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, as he raised both his right and left hands toward heaven, and swore an oath by him who lives forever, saying, it is for a time, times, and a half. Then, when the breaking of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things will be finished. Now I heard, but I did not understand. So I said, My Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? Then he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. From the time that the daily burnt offering is taken away and abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Happy is the one who keeps waiting and reaches the 1,335 days, but you go your way till the end. You will rest and then at the end of days you will arise to receive your portion. 1 John chapter 4, Yeshua, the Ruach of Truth. 
Loved ones, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. You know the Ruach Elohim by this. Every spirit that acknowledges that Messiah Yeshua has come in human flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Yeshua is not from God. This is the spirit of the anti-Messiah, which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. You are from God, children, and you have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, so they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. God's life-giving spirit of love. Loved ones, let us love one another, for love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The love of God was revealed among us by this, that God sent his one and only Son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atonement for our sins. Loved ones, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is made perfect in us. We know that we abide in him and he in us by this, because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son as Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Yeshua is Ben Elohim, God abides in him and he abides in God. So we have come to know and trust in the love that God has for us. God is love. Now, whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. God's fulfilling love. In this way, love is made perfect among us, so that we should have boldness on the day of judgment. For just as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Love God, love God's family. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also love his brother. Psalm 123, be gracious to your servants, a song of ascents. To you I lift up my eyes, you enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of enslaved to the hand of their master, as the eyes of an enslaved girl to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to Adonai, our God, till he shows us favor. Show us favor, Adonai, show us favor, for we have endured much contempt. Our soul has had enough of the scorn of those at ease, the contempt of the proud. Proverbs 29, verses 2 through 4. When the righteous thrive, people rejoice. When the wicked rule, people groan. Whoever loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. By justice, a king brings stability to a land, but one who takes bribes brings it to ruin.
Okay, really quickly, I want to provide some clarification on a verse that we read today about shame, since I spent so much time talking about shame in the intro. So the prophet Daniel foretells that at the end of time, there will be a resurrection and a judgment of the dead. Some will rise to everlasting life, while others rise to shame and everlasting contempt. This is what we read in Daniel 12 too. Now, this verse does not mean that God is the source of shame or that he delights and shaming people. When this verse talks about waking up to some shame, we need to sit with that in the spirit of understanding and through the lens of who God really is. His heart toward us from Eden to eternity is overflowing with grace, second chances, and shame covering love. We see this time and time again in scripture. It tells us, let's just be real, that Jesus didn't come to earth to shame people, but to save them, to lift them up, and to speak identity into them, to tell them who they are, even in judgment. God doesn't delight in condemnation. He longs to redeem every child he formed. Yes, rejecting God's gift of salvation brings eternal separation, but don't let the enemy deceive you. That shame originated in human brokenness and sinfulness, not in the Father's hand. Scripture paints a different picture of God running to meet us with robes to cover our guilt and shame. From the garden to the cross, he wants to wrap us in honor and dignity. Shame says you're unwanted, but the cross says, I want you. I choose you. You are mine. Shame says, oh, there's no room for you. But the cross says, I have plenty room because you belong here. Shame says, you don't belong here. But the cross retorts, welcome home. Shame says, you are not worthy. I don't accept you. But the cross says, I embrace you with all my heart. Shame says, you're not good enough. But the cross claps back and says, it was for your good that I died on this tree. Shame says, your sin is too great for God to forgive. But the cross says, all of your sins were crucified and covered right here, past, present, and future. That lie of shame has got to go. God has taken away our disgrace, y'all, and our time is coming. Our time is near. Our yes, though, is right now, and shame does not ever have the last word. Believe that. I'll say this final thing about shame. Shame is a natural corollary of turning away from God and his ways. God is holy. He is righteous. He is loving. And he created us in his image to reflect his holiness and his glory. However, when we sin and we rebel against him, we distort his image and we fall short. We also separate ourselves from his presence and his blessings. This is why repentance is so important. Get that stuff off of you as soon as possible. Confess your sins and get right with God. God does not call us to live in shame, but he respects our free will and our choices. When we separate ourselves from his presence and his blessings, it causes us to feel ashamed, guilty, and unworthy. And God warns us of this. He warns us of the consequences of our choices, both in this life and in the life to come. Those who do choose to reject God, even when they know the truth, they will face eternal shame and contempt. That's what the Bible says, but it's not because God forces them to, it's because they choose to, and they're gonna realize how much they've missed and how much they have offended God, and they 
At a certain point, we'll have no hope of forgiveness or restoration, but as long as we have breath in our body, there is still time to make the right choice. This kind of shame that Daniel was talking about in 12.2 is a terrible thing to experience. Any kind of shame is, but this, that shame that he's talking about is permanent. And so let's pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your life-giving word. Thank you for the gift of salvation and for saving us from eternal damnation, for restoring and reconciling us back into right relationship with you. Lord, we are so grateful. Open our eyes right now, Father, to see the potential that you've placed in every moment of every day. Empower us to meet the challenges of this life with the resilient faith of Daniel. Help us to stand firm on your promises. God, please fill us up with the love that breaks down walls and touches lives, a love like the one that John wrote about, instilling us the hope and the humility of the psalm so that we have no barrier to admitting when we need you and we can exchange struggle for strength and pain for peace. Lord, show us how to lead and follow with integrity so that our families and our communities thrive and we can be a blessing to everyone around us. Lord, take the spark in our soul and light it on fire. Unleash our gifts and dissolve our doubts. Help our dreams take flight, Lord. This is our time to step up, to take our swing, to move beyond our comfort zones and to boldly walk the path that you are calling us to. Lord, with you before us, hard times can't stop us. With you beside us, worries won't trip us up with you within us. Darkness cannot dim our light. Lord, we are moving forward in your strength and in your power. Use us this week, God, as we make our way through this season of Advent, anticipating the celebration of the birth of our Messiah. Help us to realize that there is no other way but you, Lord. We can't do this without you. Help us to see this event anew as the life-saving miracle that it is. Lord, there is no other being who can feel the hole in our hearts or heal our wounds or make us whole again. Slow us down from our busy schedule so that we can receive that, so that we can fully understand and embrace that, so that we have space to show gratitude for your presence and your promise of hope and salvation. And in this time and always, Lord, we want our actions and words to point others to the true reason for this season. Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer, our friend and our advocate, in his precious name, all the people of God said together, amen. And our affirmation for today Each step I take is measured, not by distance, but by the depth of its imprint on the path of purpose and the pursuit of truth. Each step I take is measured, not by distance, but by the depth of its imprint on the path of purpose and the pursuit of truth. And our aphorism, I believe life is constantly testing us for our level of commitment, and life's greatest rewards are reserved for those who demonstrate a never-ending commitment to act until they achieve. This level of resolve can move mountains, but it must be constant and consistent. As simplistic as this may sound, it is still the common denominator separating those who live their dreams from those who live in regret. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary odyssey with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.